This podcast is brought to you by our funders, Building Better Homes, Towns and Cities and Puranga Kura Māori Research Centre. E te tī, e te tā, nau mai piki mai ki tēnei i pāho ara ko he whare mō wai. This episode features Caleb Heke, who will be discussing his experience of buying a home through the Kiwi Build Scheme. Caleb shares his housing journey and the process he and his partner persevered to be able to become first home buyers. He takes us through the highs and lows and shares some advice for those who are looking to buy a home in the future. Tēnā are are taringa mai. Welcome to the podcast, Te Whare Mōwai. Today we are speaking with Caleb Heke. Kia ora, Caleb. Kia ora. Kia ora. Um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself um, and how you came to be here with us today? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, cool. Caleb Heke talking uh, I'm from up the kind of far north, uh, up around Hokianga, just at a kaikui little place called Aurua. Um yeah, my brother wrote me into this, uh, so that's what I'm doing here. Um, so I believe you own a home here in Tamaki? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I've got a little uh, two-bedroom uh, house in Takanini uh, through the Kiwi Build Scheme. Uh, yeah. Cool. Um, and can you tell me a little bit more about how you ended up with a Kiwi Build home? Oh, well... The cubal part, that's just one part to the equation, but it's pretty much just chucking in applications, going through the process online and waiting for something to come up on their website. They have a website um, that you can kind of put your name forward for um, one of those houses as they come available. Mm. Um, yeah, we put our name forward for like pretty much all of them, which was maybe uh a few hundred different homes mm-hmm. they come available every six months or when a new developer releases them um and we were lucky after the fifth time of applying to finally get one yeah so it took about 12 months mm. but yeah, of applying of applying and that was only one part that's just applying mm. the next part is trying to secure a mortgage mm. so um just mean a lot of a lot of fiddly little stuff like meeting JPs and making sure you meet all the quali- uh, criteria mm. for um, the Q build home ownership first home buyer. You have to have a certain deposit. Uh, you have to earn under a certain amount of money. Uh, the houses you can qualify for, uh, obviously the Q build ones, which can be. Uh, they have a ballot system, so it's not like, hey, I want that house, I want to buy it. Especially once, I suppose, the housing market here went nuts. You couldn't really, um, you couldn't really just, hey, I want that Kiwi build home, which you could prior to like it going 
before like COVID and stuff like that, you there were houses for direct sale that you could just uh, purchase outright. Mm -hmm. But no one kind of wanted them as well because they're like in South Auckland and stuff like that. And I think like a lot of us younger generation, we were all like picky on where we wanted to live, where we wanted to spend our money and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And I, I, I even like um, Megan and I, we we saw houses for sale in Takanini. We're like, oh, we don't want to live in Takanini. <laughs> Let's wait for them to show up in Fanua Pai or where they were also. Mm. Uh, but then we ended up shooting ourselves in the foot because those houses went like as soon as uh, COVID started kicking in and coming up, all the houses started going, all the direct sale ones. And so we had to enter the ballots. Um, and like I said earlier, we um, missed out on four ballots. Mm got denied multiple times over the space of like 12 months and then eventually got one in Takanini so, so you ended up in Takanini yeah, anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, but new builds good homes you don't really realize how good it is to have your own home until you have it mm. um, even like my brother brought me a, a Mitre 10 gift card I was like why the heck would I want this for <laughs> Uh, that's because I wasn't a homeowner, eh? I didn't realise that like once you own a home you start wanting to do things to it, upgrading it, all that kind of stuff, mm. but yeah. So that's just the, you know, put simply, the process, mm. uh, but bit tricky if you, you know, haven't yeah. been there before, haven't got much guidance or someone to follow off, mm. uh, yeah, so. And so once you got well, once they said yes, you've got a house, and then you went through the approval stage with the bank, or did you have to already have pre-approval? Yeah, no, nah, you had to. You had to. So at that time, banks weren't doing pre-approvals because mm. there was just so many applications coming through. You had to have the house there. Yeah. And then once the house was there, that's the only time they would actually give you, like, hey, we're going to run through your application. Because if you think about it, at that stage, there's like thousands of applications, people wanting houses right then, mm. right mm. there and then. And so if you want a pre-approval, they just don't want to waste their time with that. Yeah. Um, so we actually, yeah, we were looking for different houses. We put put in a um, off on a, like a, just another two bedroom home, which was like 200 grand more expensive than the Q build home. And we were like, couldn't even afford it. We were just, hey, let's just see how we go mm. and see if we can get finance for this or a mortgage for this. And um, yeah, once you, once you, once we got the Q build, we had to apply to. Uh, we got a mortgage broker, mm. so mortgage broker was best bet, mm -hmm. um, mainly because they have like a backdoor entry into all the banks, and then they know how to present uh, present your financial uh, circumstances to the bank in the way that they they like to see it. Mm. Um, I found I'd go into the bank and talk to the bankers, but the bankers weren't actually like they were just kind of like a stopgap. They didn't even know the process. Mm. They would just take information from you, send it off to another team that actually approved it, and you'd never actually come into contact with the other team. Mm. Um, and then if that banker missed one piece of information, it would just be backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. And then you still got this house there being. Um, like, hey, when are you going to buy this house? 
or you have like terms, right? And they mm. say so you have to settle in, so, in such a time frame, or you have to pay the deposit where your house has been built. Mm. And by this stage, otherwise, you know, we can back out of it. Um, uh, but we managed to get um, pretty lucky because my wife, she had uh, her parents helped us out. Mm. Her bank of her mum and dad. Mm -hmm. and they helped with the deposit which meant that we could put that down on the property um, and then kind of scramble together while our house was being built which was over 12 months because of COVID putting delays on everything and then we could um, figure out who we were going to get lending from mm -hmm. over that period because the deposit was sorted and from there it was like okay once the house is built then you've got to settle mm -hmm. but who are you going to who are you going to do your lending through? Mm. Uh, what's the fine? Uh, what's the interest rates at the time, and how are you going to make that work? Off like, you know, pretty standard income, mm. um, especially with like you know, a wife and two kids under two. So we ended up uh, having to pull like. It came to a point where, because of our history, our financial circumstances and stuff, credit ratings from bad decisions when we were like young adults, myself, mm -hmm. um, it meant that like all the mainstream banks didn't want to touch us. So they like, oh, all right, let's look at some loan sharks or overseas banks, see if they would give us a mortgage. Um, but we're lucky because it was a Kiwi built home. Mm. So they capped at how much they can sell for. And so that meant we were able to afford just the mortgage on, um, or like with a second tier bank, mm. or these loan sharks, um, because at the time interest rates were super low. Yeah. Super yeah. low. So even the loan shark interest rates were um, like probably standard, standard yeah. interest rates around like 4, 4%, 5%. So it was quite stressful. Oh, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, it comes with the territory, eh? Mm. I think it's, it's not easy. Definitely mm. was hard, but I think... Because um, my wife and my kids... Kids are a good motivator. They like that. Before you have kids, you kind of just... Oh, yeah, well, I'll figure it out eventually. Well, I'll have kids once I have a house. Mm -hmm. And you just muck around a lot, procrastinate. And then... Um, but once, once they're there, you're kind of forced to... Yep. So, uh, yeah, and my brother already had done it before me, so I was just, um, oh, yeah, frick, better not get left behind. And it was a bit of a motivator for me. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, um, growing up, so oh, gosh, I, I can't know the story, but, um, so growing up for you guys, was home ownership normal? Oh, no, 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 no. Nah, we um, we grew up like in uh, up in in the uh, in the bush, just in a little tin shack. It's good. Used to top and tail with my brother, but no, nah, never owned our own home, and we kind of went between like state homes and stuff like that mm. every now and again. Mm, down at our nans a lot, just uh, but nah, nothing. Owning a home was the least of our concerns, really, mm. uh, at that, that age, but, so yeah, new journey for us. Mm. 
Yeah, and pretty awesome that both you and your brother have gone into home ownership in Tamaki as well in Auckland. Yeah, I don't know how we pulled that one. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think it was mainly just because uh, we had each other mm. and then we had good partners and they had like their family's good good foundations and kind of my brother and I have always been real quick learners mm. and like we observe and see what's going on and have had to do that like since we were kids mm. so oh, what works what doesn't work let's give that a shot I think um, yeah and we've just kind of trialled and error and figured out what's worked I probably made way more mistakes though <laughs> um, but yeah so in your experience how has Kiwi Build been like a, a what are some of the pros and cons with the process and then now after, after now that you've got a house yeah yeah ah uh, so oh that's a good question uh, how do I answer it the pros it's it's kept so you're going to be paying 200k uh, less than the market value mm -hmm. so the most they can charge for those two bedroom homes is 600k mm -hmm. and if you're lucky to get a three bedroom 650 mm -hmm. uh, but trying to find a home brand new home like that in tamaki is like unless they're your mates you you, you know you, mm -hmm. yeah you've got more chances of winning the lotto probably um so that's the biggest pro of kiwi build uh, and the other thing is that, you know, you can get the deposit pretty easy. Mm. So it's only a 10% deposit um, that you require to qualify for it. Mm. Uh, doesn't change what the bank wants. Mm. Uh, but for them, they, they you don't need that 20% deposit there to kind of um, get them to come on board. Uh, they only need that 10. Um, the other pros is... The homes are usually built by like reputable builders, mm -hmm. so you know you're going to get a good quality house, uh, and it's going to be built well. And so, that's you know if you're going to be spending upwards of half a million dollars on a property, mm -hmm. you want it to be you know last a lifetime. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, so that's the other pro. There's probably heaps of others. Just trying to um, remember them all. Uh, the cons though uh, is there's covenants. Uh, there's covenants on the properties, so you can't sell or rent them out uh, within three years of moving in, mm -hmm. of settling. Um, and that's about it. That's the biggest con, really. Mm. Uh, but it's a good thing, because it gives you a chance to kind of um, Give yourself some security and stability of with what you're going to be doing for those couple of years. Mm. A lot of people find it scary, like a three-year investment, but really, three years in the, in the long term of things is nothing. Like mm. it's very little, mm. and you have a house in Tamaki by the end of it as well, uh, for a few hundred thousand dollars less than what everyone else is paying. Mm. And so, like I was say, saying earlier, is you just got to be a nuisance. You got to be a pest. You got to, you got to just keep chucking in applications when houses come available. You have to make sure you're, you're being approved. So a lot of people get put off by the approval process. Mm. Oh, I've got to go see a JP. I've got to get this. I've got to disclose this information, that information. Can't be bothered. I've got too much stuff going on. Oh, I might like those. I don't really like those houses. Mm. Like, it's not about 
what you like when you're trying to buy a first home. It's about just getting the home. Yeah. That's the key, is getting a foot in the door. Mm. And a lot of people are trying to make their first home their forever home. Mm. Uh, it's like, doesn't work like that. Mm. I mean, it's not realistic. Yeah. And so um, that's the that's the approach we took was like, okay, all right. When I want a, I want a four bedroom home, I want a garage, I want all this stuff, a little section and whatever, but you know, you're gonna be paying upwards of one point five or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, trying to service a mortgage of that amount when you have two kids under two and you know, um, living in Auckland, mm-hmm. the cost of living in Auckland's out the gate, so it's just a fairy tale, you know. So we we're trying to be real with all our decisions and like um the cubicle process and the 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 way it sets things up is like it's been real like shat on a lot Mm. excuse my language but it's been kind of uh yeah given a bad rap like Mm. oh who the heck can afford a a six hundred thousand dollar mortgage that's not realistic Mm. which i get that point but I find that it comes from people who don't understand how houses appreciate. Mm-hmm. So six hundred thousand, yeah, but that's a brand new house, and yeah, it's gonna be. You can you can get that deposit. You can get first home grants, uh, first home buyer grants, all these types of things. You can um, you can have multiple people multiple people owning the home as well, mm-hmm. and doing multiple applications as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, which can reduce you can have borders there's all these little things to reduce the uh the mortgage or improve your chances of being able to borrow more from a bank mm. and um the product they offer is it's an option it's like a pathway mm. to be being a homeowner mm. and the thing is is you just gotta you gotta want it and you gotta put in the the mahi and be like trust the process mm-hmm. And if you're not in it, then you, you you know don't complain when you don't can't get a house. Mm. And like I, that's what I was saying is that people were saying it's a six hundred thousand dollar home. You can't afford this. You can't do that. And I was saying, but they don't understand how houses appreciate over time. Mm. So now our house, after owning it for a year, its market value has really gone up a hundred and fifty thousand mm. dollars. And we haven't done nothing to it. Mm. So if we were to sell that house right now, we could sell it for seven fifty. We bought it for six hundred. Yep. That's hundred and fifty K worth of equity in one year, which is I mean, by my calculations pretty good. <laughs> so um So you've just had it for a year? Yeah, one year. Mm. And and there's ways out of those covenants. Mm. The the covenants like, you know, if you're going through a hard time or your, your work circumstances change, the, the Q-Build team are like real easy to work with and communicate with and, you know, because they want to help you. They're, mm. there to, they're there to support you into home ownership. Mm. Uh, and so like, yeah, if you couldn't live in there anymore or your, your work moved cities mm. or your family got too big, so like us, our family grew we grew an extra member, so now I've got two kids and um, and only a little two-bedroom home. So we were asked, hey, what's the possibility of us renting this house out um, so we can move into a bigger home that's better for our family needs? Mm. And they're like, yep, sweet as, just 
you know, fill in this process, couple of documents and get it signed off that it's true and mm. and then they'll review it and come back to you with an answer. So it's uh yeah, there's always ways around the um around the process. You just it's just a bit of a they don't make it easy. Mm. But it's good they don't make it easy. Otherwise everyone would be doing it, eh? Yeah, exactly. Um and if you can't do that little application, if you can't have the uh resilience to just trust that process and mm. believe that you can be a homeowner then yeah there's probably other things you've got to look at before you even think about owning a house mm. uh, and i think those are kind of like qualities that come with home ownership first homeowners anyway especially mm. us as like maori mm. uh, and you haven't been there before it's but a bit of um Harsh learnings and like, you know, can be confronting, but just got to take responsibility for it eh, and mm. get it done. It pays off eventually. Yeah. It pays off. So on that, if, um, say we had Rangatahi watching this who are keen to buy a home, what would be your tips and tricks that you haven't already mentioned? <laughs> oh, <laughs> my, my already real mentioned? tips and tricks? Yep, go on. Ah, <laughs> uh, well... If you're anything like my brother and I, and your whanau doesn't have much, uh, get you friends or partner <laughs> who has family with money. <laughs> <laughs> That's the number one yeah, trick. It's, yeah. yeah, it's it's if you can surround yourself with people with money, you're gonna make your life a lot easier. Uh, yeah, that's probably a that's the that's a one that helps yeah you know um the next one is to just learn how to be financially financially literate mm. uh, what that means is like how to budget mm. how to spend within your means uh learn the mortgage process what what the bank requires mm. if it means you don't get your coffee if it means you don't get your avocado on toast and suck it up think about the think about the house mm. you know those little sacrifices you do pays off in the long run but it's okay if you make mistakes as well like it's a, you're gonna still buy that coffee you're still gonna have the avocado on toast just it's just little little steps one step at a time and just yeah if you're on that path and you stay on it you'll get there eventually mm. just a matter of like which route you take you can make it nice and good by like sticking to the you know, textbook mm. but most of us like to you know muck around a bit and make it a lot harder on ourselves but that's okay as well um it means you appreciate it more once you have it mm. so uh maybe that yeah trust the process and get your <laughs> get you friends and family that have uh and a partner that have has a bit of wealth not just uh, money wise as well like good knowledge. good knowledge principles have been there done it mm. done that so like my brother and i we know know where to start mm. i think the best thing we probably knew is how to fill out a wins application <laughs> that's yeah that's that's true yeah that's the only office we probably visited the most apart from the the pub mm. but yeah yeah. yeah cool and so if you talk about this being like a stepping stone 
um, mm. for you. So, what are your what are you what are your aspirations? Do you think for housing, and where do you see yourself in the future? Um. Ooh. Bit of a tough one, that one. Oh, it's not tough. <laughs> I just play my cards close to my chest. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Can't give all the answers yeah. away. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, I think ideally is that you know, uh, I love to surf, mm -hmm. so I want to spend my life surfing and being with my family, and mm -hmm. so that means being by the beach, and I know being by the beach is expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, so how do I get it into that place? Um, that's the journey I'm on now. So surrounding myself by people who live in those places. Mm. How do they act? What do they do? Mm. Um, and then, you know, seeing what I have to do to have that as well. Mm. And just kind of role modeling myself of, of those people. Uh, the goal is to eventually, yeah, have that kind of uh, home, home, and and financial security and like Fano security, where my kids, my nieces, don't have to have the you know the the stuff that my brother and I had to go through growing up, mm. which is. Like fast, we're too busy trying to survive. Whereas, like, I want our kids to be able to just focus on growing. Mm. You know, so they don't have like adult problems; they just have kids' problems, mm -hmm. and that they can actually just flourish. And when they choose something to study, when they, uh, you know, want somewhere nice to sleep that doesn't have cobwebs and icicles coming off the roof you know like that's that's where i see i said i suppose where i see myself and the future mm. or having that security for my my whanau mm. but yeah that's that's the dream and cool. surfing heaps <laughs> cool i think we might leave it there so um, thank you for being on the podcast with us today and sharing your story. Yeah, Mami. all good. Thank you. Thanks, man. We hope you enjoyed that episode. Just a disclaimer from us. We are no housing experts. However, we are passionate about supporting rangatahi to secure safe, adequate and healthy homes.